Good evening, Pittsburgh. This is Brian Edward, and you're listening to Berg Vivant, Pittsburgh's late-night talk show, coming to you from the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University in beautiful downtown Pittsburgh. Visit us at bergvivant.com for more on this interview and our complete archives in the Vivant Vault, as well as how you can help support our program and Pittsburgh's vibrant cultural landscape. Why, Mr. Bazzelli, it's been a while since we've had you grace our camera. I needed a cocktail. <laughs> so did I. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you look great. Oh, Welcome back to the camera. Um, today... We are reviewing uh, Fun Home yes. by, by Front Porch Theatricals. Uh, uh, this story was written by Alison Blechdel from her graphic novel. Uh, it was adapted by Jennifer Crone. And you know, Crone. I can't think of another musical that's ever been adapted from a graphic novel. Can no, you? I believe this is the first one. That's because, really cool. Well, there's Spider-Man Into the Dark. I mean, does that count? <sighs> Let's not count it. Okay. But no, that's cool. With like the graphic novel, you almost get like what a storyboard for your whole show. Yes, exactly. Uh, as a director, I might appreciate that. I don't know. Exactly. Have you read it? Have you ever? Uh... I have not read it per se. I've read some other works of Alison Bluckdell's. Uh, she's very talented, uh, fantastic artist, great storyteller. Uh, this particular story is very personal. It's about her co coming of age, growing up, and her relationship with her father. She, um, her family grows up in a funeral home. Her and her two brothers, and that's where we get fun home. It's like fun home funeral short funeral home. Yeah, yes. they put the fun in funeral. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. There's an interesting dynamic between her and her father. Oh, she yeah. comes out as a lesbian in college, and finds out that her father has been having secret, secret extramarital affairs with men. Yeah, it's quite a story. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the show itself, for me, I, I think is is it's bleak okay and it's it's a little slow moving and it's very bleak however it is deeply personal yeah and you you can't help but be moved yeah by, i like the specific uh, by the nature of the show the, right and how deep she goes into her personal life extremely character driven so i yes. think that's maybe important to know mm -hmm. if you're expecting like a toe tap and jazzy old time you know it is not <laughs> it is not mama mia no 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 it's the know, furthest thing from mama mia and you know <laughs> my expertise is you know lies primarily in non-musical theater so i didn't really know much about this going in um, i have to say I think it could work really well as a non-musical piece, right? Because I think there was a there were, um, yeah, just a, as many kind of non-musical scenes as there were musical scenes, right? Uh, I think you know, really, when you take step back and take a look at that story, a musical is an interesting choice of treatment for a genre in which to tell. It. Yeah, but it works. It works. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is it. I believe it was one of the first Broadway plays with a lesbian as the center of the. The story. Well, it's about damn time. So yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the and um, Allison is played by three young women. Oh yeah, like at three different stages. At of her three life, different which is stages really of her life. She goes. We have our the baby version, 
<laughs> the young version. And now come the, on, well, it's college sm- version. It's small, medium, and Allison Bechtel. It's <laughs> like, oh, no, that's how small Allison, medium Allison, oh, and okay. Allison Bechtel. Oh, it's okay. like they, they, know, didn't say, they didn't want to say large. No, I guess, no, no, present <laughs> adult, present. adult version. Uh, right. The adult version is uh, Julie Williams. Yes. Uh, the younger, uh, the college age one is Nala Cleary, and then um, we have also. Olivia uh, Rocco, Olivia. small Allison, small. Uh, who was really adorable. Well, I think yeah, and there are uh, three very young actors in this. Livia Rocco is one playing small Allison, um, also uh, playing Christian Bechtel, Eamon McElfrish, and then Daniel Franz playing John Bechtel. I think a very very admirable performance from all the young actors. Oh, the, act, the young yeah. actors were terrific. Um, um, I have to say, I thought everyone was very good. The the acting is. Is excellent, Broadway quality. I right. Think. So to transition from you know the, the show itself to this particular production, I think mm-hmm. Front Porch has done a really great job, as they always do, yeah. with taking sort of a lesser known musical and just really acing it. Yeah, and uh, you know this is a story I think needs to be told. Uh, it, it, it's an excellent example of of seeing something different instead of the usual fare. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But very crisp, very clean under the direction of Spencer Whale. Exactly. Um, it looked great. Uh, yeah, very crisp and clean on stage. Uh, and uh, I, although I didn't see this on Broadway, off Broadway, but yeah, I imagine this was that my this, first time too. This production has to help hold up to, you know, a, a, a New York uh, performance. I would agree. Uh, you know, I always want more Julie Williams. I thought she was fantastic. She was. She, she's just extremely good. <laughs> she, she, she really, really is. is. The the show doesn't really um, provide a whole lot. I mean, I would consider her the lead, but it doesn't necessarily provide her a lot more work than anybody else. Right. I really feel it's, it's just very as much. Ensemble. Yes. It's just as much her story as it is uh, Bruce Bechtel, uh, mm-hmm. her father's, played by Daniel Krell. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to say this about his performance in this. Again, not knowing a lot about this show going into it. Oh, so it starts out and, you know, Daniel Krell is Bruce. You know, sort of like, okay, this is the token father role. And, you know, of course, you know, Yeah, that's Dan how is, it starts. Dan is very good at playing that. There, now I know a lot about a lot of things, but I got to tell you, I would have no clue how to, how to p- portray this character, nor how to direct somebody to do it. It actually is an extremely difficult character to play mm-hmm. when you the story begins to unfold and you realize all of the things that are going on inside this man's heart and mind. A very complex character and not easy to do because uh, you can overplay it in certain ways and it would not work. I think Daniel Krell did an excellent job yes. at bringing this very complex man to life. You know, with all of his um, shortcomings, but also you know, in a way that you might sympathize with him and have sympathy mm-hmm. for him. An extremely complex character, and I think really it's just as much his story as it is the character of Allison. That speaks really well of Alex Allison Bechtel's storytelling, too. It's really, she goes in very deep, and she lets you know right away that here's what I think is my memory of my father. Yeah. Like, you know, she does a thing about memories are not always trustworthy. Yeah. And I like that aspect of it. So she gives a, she gives her interpretation of her dad. And 
and and and he comes off as a real person extremely deep and i think that mr krell handled that incredibly and yeah Nuanced. like i said Oh, Nuanced yeah. is the word you're looking for. And like for, I say, you, it starts off, you think it's like that token, you know, dad character, but by the end of it, it's like, wow, like, you want to, like, find this guy and give him a hug, you know? It's yeah. just like, holy crap. Yeah. And um, I, I think also the same can be said to a degree for uh, Cynthia Dougherty, who played Helen Bechtel, yeah. Allison's mother, I think did a really great job at playing, you know, the, the role of the wife and mother that is sort of tolerating a lot and yeah. like how what do you put up with to be oh yeah and again to keep not your over, home to not keep your overplayed children. yeah very you know um appropriately played and that just tugged at your heartstrings and i think her piece de resistance days and days is the number that she sings towards the end oh, of the yeah. show about sort of how she has kept up and maintained this facade of happiness in their home and you know she doesn't wish that for her own daughter I don't get, like, moved to tears very often in the theater, but that number did it. Yeah. In fact, that whole, like, last half of the show... You know what? I have to uh, say, I think the music improves the second half of the show. I, at the very beginning, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this because the very first few songs aren't very memorable. It's, I'm not, like, really connecting with the songs... I connected with the story yeah, really it's, well. It's, even though it's a musical, I don't feel that this is a music-driven uh, piece of theater. It's very much a character-driven piece of theater oh, yeah. that happens to have music to it. That's how exactly. I would look at it. Uh, yeah, there's no nothing you walk out of here humming. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, uh, the storytelling in some of the numbers I thought was very It's funny good. that you were moved to tears in one song. I was oh, moved yeah. to laughter in another. There is a song <laughs> that Drew... And uh, the little version, uh, small Alice and Livia Rocco, Livia. and this is pretty much a Olivia Rocco solo. Oh, uh, and she yeah. does a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. However, she's singing about the first time she sees a butch-looking woman, a lesbian. Yeah, and, and then to kind of register that, like, oh, I'm attracted to that. Right. But the song is called "Ring of Keys." <laughs> and I don't know if everyone knows this, but in like the mid to late 80s, every lesbian, you didn't even have, if you had the big pack of keys on the side of your people, you didn't even have to have a girl on your arm. People knew you were a lesbian by the keys. I always wondered where all those keys went to. Like who, what, how, are there lockers all over America for this lesbian, for lesbians? Are there like lesbian lockers somewhere? Now, now see, I, I guess that might be part of the like stereotypical like yeah. motif of an 80s lesbian. But I didn't think that was like particularly one that like stood out. I think you maybe need some other components like Birkenstocks and like a certain, like a in the 80s, like a mullet haircut. A mullet to, or the to, rat to, tail right, was a thing. It, or the, you know, John Lennon glasses. And I, I know these are stereotypes. Very I, smart vests. I talk of them lovingly, you know. <laughs> I, I do. This is not, and I do know that there's stereotypes. Ring but, a key. But Ring a key specifically stood out to you because you were laughing and you were the only one. Well, and then I, you know, my friend, <laughs> I was the only one. But, I'm terrible. But, uh, but I looked around that theater. I'm like, there were some more of you that were gay in the '80s. Come on, yeah, I mean, laugh I know, at this. I know. But, I, you know. I wish my friend Alexa was there because she's got a giant ring of keys. Still, on still. Hey, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're watching this. Alexa. But that—that that was a—I think that was a cleverly written song. It and was very it, clever. It was a little hubris, but it was kind of beautiful. Because it was also beautiful because when you see someone that embodies what you want to be for the first time, 
it's very touching. And I have never seen that expressed on stage or in no. music prior to this. No. So that was that yeah. was important, uh, I think, too. But, mm. um, yeah, I I was really affected by this. Mm. And um, good. good theater should move you. You know, afterwards, you know, we kind of just got in our cars and left. And I apologize that as your friend, I didn't know how to say to you, I don't feel like being alone right now. Like oh. because because I really I'm telling you this really oh. was emotionally fake. and I'm driving home thinking I've got to now go home to an empty house I hope there's vodka <laughs> and there was there was <laughs> yeah which is why still, you know I'm surprised there's still some left <laughs> me too but yeah it really it stuck with me and it really deeply affected oh, me oh so. I'm sorry yeah no I uh, I really enjoyed it I um like I said. I would have enjoyed it though, as, as a non-musical piece, probably just as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Um, I, yeah. yeah, like I said before, I think music is an interesting way to tell the story. <laughs> I can't think of anything they could have done to have made it better. I mean, the, just I think there's some technical issues with some of the microphones oh, that yeah, might work out. But um, All the time yeah, that made live mics. some characters hard to hear over the music and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, no, stellar I, cast. Yes, and a very, very, very well done yeah. uh, production. And I would also say, um, you know, I'll reach out to the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community here in Pittsburgh and say, come see this show. I mean, it's an important piece to see. Um, come see Fun Home. Through August 25th at the New Hazlet Theater on the north side by Front Porch Theatricals. As always, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to watch our video portion of this segment and more at bergvivant.com. We'll see you here next week on Berg Vivant, Pittsburgh's late-night talk show.